Hey, welcome to week number two, episode two of the Forge America Missional Podcast. I'm your host, Roland Smith. I'm here with uh, Terry Issue. Hey. Hey. And Alan Bradford from the East Coast of Knoxville. Was this considered the East Coast or just the Southeast? I don't even know. Are we the East Coast? Yeah, everything past the Mississippi. <laughs> Says the guy from Colorado Springs. Right. And the guy from Texas. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, we're we are glad to be with you uh, this week for another conversation. Um, and uh, this week we have an interview with Ryan Harrison, who is uh, we love Ryan. He's uh, the national director for Forge America. Uh, he is our boss at Forge, uh, but he's just an all-around great guy. He's got a great story um, that we're going to listen to about moving from Texas to New York City, right on in Manhattan. So pretty interesting. And uh, but I, I thought we'd uh, kick off uh, today and just kind of find out a little bit. We Alan and I both noticed um, something new with Terry. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we record this podcast on a, pro- a platform called Zoom. And so we can see each other on the computer and there's like a new thing on Terry's desk as an update. Well, what you got there, bro? I got a new computer since uh, I couldn't fix the windy upper thingy. So. <laughs> you look so clear, man. It's nice. Yeah, I entered into the Mac world, uh, kicking and screaming. But uh, <clears throat> but uh, I'm in the Mac world like in like 2013. So, That's so I, got a, I got an old one. <laughs> That's all right. As long as you got in there somehow, you know, yeah. and you'll just start upgrading your watch will change. Everything will start changing. Yeah. Everything will start with an I. Yeah. My, my <laughs> bank account will start changing. That's the problem. <laughs> right. And I got a couple of uh, text messages from both of you. We, you kind of entered the Messiah world too, right? Like the, <laughs> we talked about Netflix, the series Messiah. I've watched all 10. Terry, you're a connoisseur of everything on screen, and I was encouraged by your comment. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. Um, I'm, I'm only, I think I'm seven episodes through, and so I got a chance to to watch some last night, and I even, I get up early in the morning, and I'll, I'll so seven o'clock this morning, I popped in and watched an episode, but uh, it, 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 the first 20 minutes were a little like, okay, where are we going? And then it just took off and it was fantastic. Uh, it's been good. Uh, and as a Texas boy, the Messiah comes to Texas, you know, not no spoilers or anything. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm only two episodes in, man. I have not gotten near that far. I'm only two episodes in. It was interesting. Yeah. It was just kind of like, okay, where the, where's this show going to go? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, the Terry uh, rating system on this like and we could rate every show but let's I mean maybe we'll just rate the first season you know so we'll when you when you guys get done we'll have a conversation around the Terry rating system on it no it'd be good and I think it's going to be uh I think it'll be a show that uh will facilitate some just good conversations uh, moving forward and so it's it's really well done Today, we're going to have a conversation with Ryan Harrison, and um, it's around Forge, which we are all invo- involved in, obviously. 
Um, and we're not only talking about kind of Forge's vision and where we're going, but we the conversation kind of started with just his journey into Forge and his connect, his personal connection and draw to Forge. I thought it'd be kind of interesting to to kind of do that with the three of us maybe uh, today. And so, because we, I don't know if I know all of your journey, uh, both of you guys uh, into Forge. You probably know mine because you were. I was kind of the last one on, but on board, but, um, but Alan, maybe, maybe kick us off and just kind of like, what are your first memories of forge and the missional conversation and kind of what drew you into this tribe and, you know, sure. Yeah. So, uh, I came on staff at the church I'm at here in Knoxville, a church called crossings back in 2011. And uh, my very first thing we ever did on staff, I show up on a Monday and we loaded up a van with our whole staff and we drove up to Chicago to hang out with a church up there, a church that has a network that helped plant us. And we ended up intersecting with a guy by the name of Kim Hammond, which Australian guy and his name's Kim. So obviously he stands out. Uh, and if you've ever met Kim, uh, the man's amazing. He's a great guy. And eventually, we, we just enjoyed him so much that we had him come down to Knoxville and spend some time with our staff. Um, and then he kept pitching this thing called Forge to us. It's like, hey, you guys need to be a part of this. What you guys are doing, it lines up with who you are as a, as a faith community uh, and all these things. And we just said, not a clue. Um, and again, if you've known Kim Hammond, the man can literally sell ice to an Eskimo. Like there's, <laughs> you're just like, okay, are you just blowing smoke? Are you just trying to get your thing? You know, met him. And so we spent about a year uh, looking into it and saying, what is Forge? And then we realized, oh, this is Alan and Deb Hirsch. This is Michael and Cass Frost. It's, it's these authors that we've been reading that really resonated with us and gave us a lot of language, gave us a lot of verbiage that would just, oh, this is just who we uh, felt like we were um, aligned with. And so we ended up uh, about a year of, of research. And then we said, yeah, we want to do this. We want to be a Forge America hub. And at that time, it had just started. I think, I think we were one of the first hubs. Maybe, Terry, you guys might have been, I don't know, you guys were pretty early. Chicago, I think, was first, and then Dallas. Yeah, Chicago, Dallas, and then Knoxville, Austin. We came on right about the same time. Yeah. And so uh, we just started, started experimenting. We started our first residency, because uh, back then it was just about kind of running people through the residency. And so we started uh, here in our community and said, hey, let's grab five people do a pilot program let's experiment on them see if this actually even works um, and at the time we had a guy on staff with us who had been an uh, intern a resident and it was kind of his baby uh, it was caleb's baby to kind of run forge and do all this and we're trying to figure out what it means well eventually caleb's wife got a job up in ohio he had to leave and next thing i know forge is kind of in my lap and i'm now doing forge knoxville um, and so we have run residencies every year. So we are just now finishing our eighth residency. Um, and we've started some partnerships here in the city. Um, I think we have four or five different partnerships. Uh, and it's been, it's been really good for us. Like how uh, Forge has given us, uh, I mean, it's our tribe, right? Uh, we're about ready to go. So here's a, here's a deep, dark secret. I don't know if I should say this on a podcast, uh, <laughs> but we're about ready to go to Expo, right? Right. And uh, we were uh, a part of a couple of different organizations at Expo, uh, our, our faith community was. 
And one day we were sitting there at one of these like wine and dine you events at one of the uh, things we said as a staff, we were like, you know, it feels like Expo is like a high school uh, cafeteria. Like you look around and you're like, oh, that group over there, that's the jocks, right? There's all the jocks. That group over there, that's the chess club. That group over there, da, da, da. And we just felt like we'd never fit into any one of those groups except for Tribe, or except for the Forge Tribe. We're like, that's, right. is, these are the people we want to hang out with. These are the people we enjoy. These are the people that just, it feels like, oh, you get us, uh, we get you. And so it was this great, this mutual kind of like coming together and understanding and learning and, and supporting each other. And it was just, for us, it was, um, it was just good. So I think that's been our journey. We've been uh, involved ever since. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you, in one story, you likened Forge to the group of kids that's behind the football stadium smoking, <laughs> right? Yeah. I said, I said, you know, this group is, yeah. You know, so we said Forge was always the, the guys under the bleachers taking a uh, smoke break. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, like, that's our tribe. Like they're the ones that just like, yeah, that was our tribe. Yeah. What about you, Terry? Yeah. Um, I had a similar uh, introduction of Forge. I, I'd actually connect it with Forge, um, I guess, international, because Forge America didn't exist when I first got connected. Uh, I had read Michael Frost's Exiles mm-hmm. and was just completely blown away. Yeah. Uh, I was a part of a church. I'd been, I'd been in ministry for 12 years, and um, you're doing the typical you know, seeker sensitive, let's just get people on a Sunday kind of thing. And I had, uh, I'd resigned, uh, just a little tired of it and kind of jaded at that time. And it definitely felt God was calling me into something different. So we wanted to plant. And at the time, um, really the, the desire deep inside of us was we want to plant something that was super community oriented where, you know, everyone's connected that we put a super high emphasis on, on community and all of that. And, uh, I remember reading Exiles and just being blown away. And I s- would send messages, uh, emails to, to Mike Frost. And um, I won't say his email address, but he was super generous. Uh, he didn't know me. I had you no You could just hit him up on Twitter. He'll answer <laughs> <That's> right. <you. laughs> uh, yeah, you can tweet him at Mike, Michael Frost 6 uh, yeah. on Twitter. Uh, but no, it, 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 I don't know why he's number six, but that's another thing. But um, yeah, he was super generous and would respond to my questions and he had planted a church and I was kind of really in awe of what they had done there in Manly. And so, um, had a little discourse from time to time through that. And then, um, we were sitting at a training and we had Alan, uh, Hershen and, uh, Alan and Mike, and, and they had made a comment um, and I've heard multiple people say this over the years now, but there were the, they were, they were the Genesis for me in the statement. But, uh, the idea is that if you aim for uh, community, you may or make disciples, hmm. you may or may not make disciples. Um, but if you aim for disciple making, if you aim for mission, you will always get community. Hmm. And I remember, uh, it just on the spot, I leaned over to my partner, uh, Brandon at the time. And I was like, dude, we're done with community or we're all in on mission. And um, just began kind of connecting and learning from these guys. And then uh, similar to Alan's story, I met Kim Hammond. And Kim uh, heard some of my story and knew we were already kind of tracking. And I realized I live in a city where a Forge Hub did not yet exist. And he said, you should start a Forge Hub. And so uh, that was the, the kind of the genesis of that. And 
I kind of resisted it and actually didn't fill out. He was like, fill out this application and give it to Ryan. And um, I was like, ah, maybe we were just getting the church plan off the ground and doing that. And then six months later, I finally kind of came around and said, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And uh, lo and behold, that um, Verge, uh, so you guys probably remember Verge, the Verge conference here in Austin. Um, I guess Kim had went out and said that, had that same conversation with a handful of other people in the city of Austin. <laughs> uh, because when I had finally talked to Ryan, he goes, yeah, there's like six people in Austin that want to start a Forge Hub. And I was like, oh, fantastic. That, I didn't really want to, so I'm, that's good. And uh, Ryan convinced me, hey, meet, 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 meet us for coffee. So all six of us, they put us in a room and, um, and Ryan had came, came down. He was in Dallas at the time, came down and uh, sat with us and basically turned into a battle royale for who would reign supreme as the Forge Austin Hub director. And uh, my strategy was, I don't want anything to do with this. So I kind of stepped back. Uh, and that, I guess that was the, the, the right answer because Ryan basically looked at me and said, okay, right, you're the guy. So now you have to build a team with all these other people who wanted to do this. And that was the beginning of Forge Austin. And uh, yeah. yeah, haven't looked back since. So, so who was the like national director and national team and stuff when you guys came on? Yeah. So Kim Hammond was our national director, founding director, national okay. director uh, yeah. for Forge America. Uh, Ryan was doing hubs. And so that's why Ryan came down. He was doing, he was basically doing the job that Alan and I do now. Ryan was doing. Aaron Lippman was helping him a bit. I'm trying to remember who else was on the team. Jeremiah Aha was there. You remember anyone else? Alan? Nope. Nope. I think, yeah. So it was, was a very small group, very small group of people. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Obviously, it didn't take off until Alan and I joined the team. So <laughs> and now it's becoming a massive conglomerate, right? And that's when we add it rolling. Yeah, so, that's right. Well, what did you? Yeah, I, well, so I, um, my first memories of Forge are kind of little mentions from books and, and things on the side. I actually, I kind of got into the whole missional discussion from just reading. And, um, you know, I remember reading shaping of things to come and it blew my mind and, um, and it, and it wasn't just Forge. I was also reading like J.R. Woodward and, uh, some other people that are kind of, you know, I think prophetic voices in the missional conversation. And I was on a church staff with an executive team and we, we started talking about things like a pest and fivefold and all that kind of stuff, like really early on and, um, and kind of wrestling with it. And, and then I moved from, um, Southern, the Southern part of Denver, a suburb down to Colorado Springs. And, um, got on staff at a church and one of the people that were in the, in the community of faith there um, was a guy named David Zimmerman and David was on the board of forge at the time. And of course he, uh, for people that don't know David, all you have to do is open up like lots and lots of books and you'll see him listed as the editor. Uh, And he edited, you know, at IVP before, nav press where he is now he's edited i think most of mike's books and um worked with deb uh, i think he did redeeming sex and some other books too so he's always kind of been in that conversation from the publishing end and he and i would go to lunch and um 
he'd work at Nav Press, and there was a Dickie's Barbecue, um, which is about the closest thing you can get to Southern Barbecue in Colorado Springs. And I, I'm sorry for that, buddy. That's yeah, I know it's <laughs> it weighs on me all the time, man. There are no good beans here. You know, you got to have good beans at barbecue. Anyway, whole another conversation. Um, so anyway, we would uh, we go to Dickie's and talk and. At one point, Dave just said, um, man, you need to, you need to meet the guys and and gals at Forge. You really need to become part of that conversation in that, that group. So he introduced me to Ryan and Ryan, I think had just become national director, um, or had been for, for not too long. And I basically emailed Ryan and we got in a conversation of what it would be like to you know, have a hub in Colorado and, um, and I ended up coming to Dallas, uh, to the hub leader training. And that's where I met you guys the first time. And one thing led to another and we, we launched a hub here in the Springs, um, I guess three years ago now. And, um, you know, did a little onboarding with that and started conversations here we had some great events right out of the shoot. I remember our, the way we launched our hub was having Deb Hirsch here for what we call as a confab, which is just an informal discussion with 80 people. And, um, you know, so we've had Deb and, and Mike here and, um, Brad Briscoe and Lance Ford. And, um, you know, so we've had some great people, Mike Frost, um, So anyway, and then got invited. I think you guys were the ones that kind of pushed me onto the team. So um, we saw something in it. You saw something in me and you're you're still looking. Well, so we talk a lot about, and I say this a lot too, but I, I just want to kind of hear your thoughts on this. Um, we talk about being part of a tribe and, um, you know, what do you, what do you think are the components of that? Like what is being part of a tribe? Why is that a good thing? Well, I can tell you off the top of my head, one of the things we were actually just discussing, uh, before we got on this, this, this call here was what makes forge a little different than say other organizations that I've worked for. And when we talk about being a tribe, we talk about being relational. We really mean that. It's not like, Hey, let us just drop some knowledge or some coaching on you and then walk away. When we say, once you be a part of our tribe, we're saying we want to journey with you for as long as you're going to stay with us. Uh, We want to keep going and be in relationship with each other, support each other. Um, And for me, that's huge. Uh, For me, I I, I don't want just some more. There's so much good information. There's so many great books, so much good stuff that you can find online, whatever, coaching, any of that. But a tribe of people that I can say, they're walking with me. I've got people I can lean in on. I got people not only uh, can I lean in on, but that, that they may need you know, here's stuff that I'm sharing. Here's stuff that, that we're doing here. And I just want to share it with the tribe, you know, stuff like that. And so for me, that relational aspect is, is huge. Yeah, yeah that's good, man. I, I love what Seth Godin says about tribes. Um, he talks about basically a tribe to, to have a, a tribe. You need uh, an idea and you need to have a leader. Uh, you need to have uh, a shared interest and a way to communicate that. And so, 
Uh, and I love what Forge, Forge's approach to that, uh, that we don't have a singular leader, but we have a, uh, a plurality of leaders. We have a, a, a lot of people speaking into this, but it's all around one shared interest. And so um, I, 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 I still get uh, inundated with people who are fascinated by Forge. And it's not, I mean, yes, we have some really cool training things, some ideas and some things we're laying out there, but at the end of the day, people are just looking for a, a, a tribe. That's, that's the word that keeps being used. Yeah. They're looking for a tribe. They're looking for a family. They're looking for something to be a part of that is bigger than themselves. Um, and I mean, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why we've stuck around. Uh, I mean, most people know this. I hope most people know this. No one gets paid to, to do for it. Right. I mean, we're all, we oh, all do I, the, this I is, do. Y'all don't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> well, let us know where this, share some of that money then. Uh, because we're all here just out of a sense of belonging. And there, there, there is no, you know, other motivation for being here. And so uh, I'm, I'm, shocked and you know it's still get it all the time people are so desperate for it yeah we we uh we host a little thing forge colorado springs hosts a little um kind of monthly or bi-monthly whenever we want to get together thing a thing called the missional round table and we've been doing this since we launched the hub and um we just invite people it's usually at lunchtime or a happy hour and we invite people to just come and um, be in the presence of other missional practitioners in the city. And the thing that I've learned is that um, a lot of people that have kind of, they've made this shift from uh, however you want to co- coin it, you know, like from attractional to missional, or, you know, they have this draw on their heart and their life, um, and their calling to live incarnationally and to make that happen in their context, they kind of feel alone sometimes because we live in a church culture that is so measured by attendance and giving and things like that. They're trying to measure their life by different ways. And so they, you know, they don't have any metrics. And so we kind of call our missional roundtable the freaks like me club. I say that a lot to the, to the people here in the Springs and they connect with that because they kind of feel like a freak in their context. And for me, forge is that on a national level. It's like you, all of a sudden you realize, Oh, Alan's, you know, in Knoxville wrestling with the same kind of things. Terry's in Austin wrestling with the same kind of things. John Rittner's out in Hollywood wrestling with those things. Ryan's up in New York. You know, we have whatever 20 something hubs and, hundreds and hundreds of people uh, connected now um, all kind of doing this around the country. And then there's other forge um, organizations in different countries, even right. Trying to uh, do the same conversation and the same thing. So there's this belonging to something uh, where you don't have to feel like you're alone. Right. And kind of, kind of walking in these paradigm shifts and wondering, am I crazy? <laughs> for, for believing all this stuff that I've read and, and kind of learned. So, well, Hey, after talking about um, our journeys with forge and, um, and what kind of draws us to be part of this tribe, let's, let's go to this conversation that we had with uh, Ryan Harrison, who we work with quite a bit. Um, He's the national director of forge America. And uh, we get to listen to a little bit of his journey and also 
uh, what Forge is trying to do right now to help curate uh, this missional conversation. So let's go to that, that interview now. Well, thanks, Ryan, for joining us. Good to have you here with us, man. Why don't you give us a little background on just you, who you are, why in the world we're talking to you, what in the world you're doing in on this this uh, this call with us, man? Yeah. Hey, fellas. It's good to be with you. And uh, thank you for having me. As you said, my name is Ryan Hairston. And uh, my wife and I and our three daughters uh, live in New York City. So we live right in Manhattan, and we've been here for about two years now. So uh, we moved here from North Dallas, and uh, we have loved being in the city. It's been an incredible experience. It's been really hard at the same time, but it's given us a chance to, um, to grow and to be challenged and to really get a look into a, kind of the future of kind of where we're going across the country. Um, spiritually and culturally over the next 10 to 15 years. So, so wait, wait, you guys moved from North Dallas to New York city. That's a heck of yes. a, that's a heck of a transition, man. Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little Did you do bit it for the food. Totally. Totally. I just told somebody recently that being in New York has probably discipled me more than any other person or environment in my past simply because like you're here in the city and there are sounds and there are sights and there are stresses and there are pressures and in the midst of all of it it brings all of like the impurities and the yucky stuff in our lives to the surface and it's like wow i actually really need to deal with these things so multiply that times five in a really small space uh, um and that's what the last year or two have been like but uh, no, it's been it's been great. It's been an incredible experience. So we're so, you're so saying, grateful for the you're saying North Dallas doesn't have the sights and the sounds and the smells? Is is that it's just it's just culturally bland? Is that what you're saying? Um, that's <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> all apologies to those who live in North Dallas. Uh, we're gonna move on. So let me ask you this, man. Uh, what has been the biggest cultural difference for you moving from North Dallas to New York? Ah, uh, great question. Um, you know, I would say I came to New York honestly thinking that, um, there would be so much resistance towards like community and friendship and getting to know one another. Um, and you can even take that several steps beyond and talk about resistance to church and resistance to Jesus and resistance to the kingdom. And I have been blown away by the openness of the people here in the city. I mean, it has, it has just been incredible. People are desperate and hungry and longing for friendships and relationships. And um, people come to New York and think, oh, they're so rude. They're so nasty. They're so cold. And I'm like, no, those are just the tourists you meet in Times Square. <laughs> People of New York are amazing. I love them deeply. And so, um, yeah, the culture, the history, the diversity. Um, there are people here from all over the world, which is just beautiful. And they're living in incredibly close proximity to one another. So um, it's been good, man. I mean, those have been some significant, significant changes. I mean, there have been some others like, um, you go from having a lot of space to having no space. 
Um, you go from having a yard to no yard. Um, it's funny. Somebody just recently said, you know, in the, in the suburbs, you talk about loving your neighbor and it's like, you know, like 30 feet away. Like you talk about, you know, loving your neighbor here and it's literally, you know, on the other side of the walk kind of a thing. And so, uh, but anyways, you kind of so, told yeah. some of us, Ryan, when you, when you first moved there, uh, about how you, uh, drew out a place to kind of live incarnationally into. Can you, can you kind of talk through that again? Yeah, it's funny. You know, you come and you think, Oh, I live in New York city. I'll live in New York city. And you quickly realize that, um, that is just not doable. Like it is, it is so exhausting to think I've got to live in New York city. And so it's just not sustainable. So we begin to really pray and think and ask, what is the neighborhood that we are actually going to live in? And that's one of the beauties about New York is that you can find pretty much everything you need. Um, a grocery store, a hardware store, um, you know, a laundromat, um, a cleaners, you know, a gym. You can find all of those things within a few blocks. And so for us, the biggest thing that has helped, one of the biggest things that's helped in our sustainability is just simply asking the question, to whom have we been sent? And if you know anything about Forge, if you're a part of Forge, if you've experienced anything of Forge, you know that is one of the most significant questions um, that we talk about is to whom have you been sent? And then being able to reorient your life around a people and a place. And so for us, we really felt like we had been sent to our building and most of our life now is lived within about um, a like a five to 10 block radius. We live on East 87th and um, the furthest we go South is East 76th. And that's where my daughter goes to school or goes to middle school. Um, the furthest North that we go is East 94th. And that's where my youngest goes to pre-K. And then we live just simply between really second and third Avenue. Um, and that's kind of the extent of, that's the extent of our life. And by doing that, it's made it incredibly manageable. So when we want to go out, we just go to the Mexican restaurant down the street and um, a block or two over. Um, and crazy enough, in New York, when you actually give yourself to a people and to a place, you would never think it, but you see the same people all the time. I mean, I cannot tell you the number of people that I see, the familiar faces um, that I see every single day. And it's just in some ways slightly weird. Um, it's slightly strange, but slightly beautiful at the same time. So I saw a neighbor in our building at the Starbucks um, on our block uh, yesterday morning. And then a little later in the afternoon, I saw him in the gym and I was like, man, two times in one day. And he's like, it's New York. It's this crazy, weird thing. So anyways, but so we've been living in about 10 blocks. So Ryan, you moved to New York as uh, the the Forge America National Director, that lofty title, whatever that means. Uh, which one, it actually means that you're Terry and Roland and I's boss. So hey boss, how's it going? But you're hey. the National Director. Um, so kind of, un once you do this for me, unpack Forge and then unpack kind of your role, your intersection with Forge. Yeah, um, good question. Um, so, my wife and I have been a part of Forge for the last 10 years. And we stepped into Forge right as Forge was beginning here in the States um, with a fellow named Kim Hammond. And so Kim Hammond um, has been our international director for really the last three or four years. He's an Australian. 
Um, he moved to the States, lived in the States for about five years, and then um, has moved back. Um, but Forge, if you don't know anything about it, Forge started in Australia about 25, 26 years ago, around 1995, 96, by uh, three or four individuals, Alan Hirsch and Deb Hirsch, and then Mike Frost um, alongside his wife, Carolyn Frost. And they are really the founders of Forge. And if you know anything about Australia, you would probably know, or you might know that right now, currently, 3% of the population of Australia um, would consider themselves um, evangelical. Now, Australia is not that big of a place. Um, People-wise, it's a huge place as far as landmass goes, but very, very, very few people um, claim to be a evangelical. And um, so this is the climate, very culturally progressive. Um, what happened in Europe, kind of spiritually, culturally happened in Australia. What's happening in Australia, what happened in Australia is now happening in the States. So you can kind of see the pattern um, of kind of the spiritual climate. And so this is the climate that Forge was birthed in some 30 years ago, simply asking the question, how do we engage the people of our country with the good news of God's kingdom? And there are a lot of realizations that came about in the midst of it. Uh, so yeah, 10 years ago, Forge came from Australia to the States. Now, I would say that Forge was in Canada already at that point. Um, and we also have um, Forge representation in other countries around the world, not just Australia and the States and Canada, um, several spaces and places also in the in Europe. But um, 10 years ago, we really set out to say here in the States, um, what does it look like to see the reign of God revealed in the everyday spaces of life? And really, that is our vision. That is our longing, and that is our hope, and that is what we want to see happen. And that longing is birthed out of two realities. One, we believe that longing is, in fact, the Jesus mission. Um, it's everything that he talked about. It's all the kingdom stuff um, that he talked about. It's that very first chapter in the book of Mark where the very first words out of Jesus's mouth are repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And if you read the rest of the book of Mark, you see all of these beautiful ways that Jesus not only announced um, the good news of God's kingdom, but he also demonstrated the good news of God's kingdom. And so um, we do believe that alerting people to the reign and rule of God and seeing the reign and rule of God revealed um, is, in fact, what Jesus was on about, um, that it is something in the here and the now. It's something that we can experience. It's something that's tangible. Um, and we want the people that we rub shoulders with to experience it. I would say the second reality is just simply the reality that we know that most of what we do within the context of church um, happens within the four walls of a Sunday morning service. And I know that's a broad statement, um, and that is probably not specific towards every single church that's out there. So you may be a church saying, well, that's not us, and it may not be you. But we would simply just realize and understand that overwhelmingly, a lot of what happens within the context of a church happens on a Sunday morning service. and we just simply know that there are literally hundreds and thousands of people that will never walk through the doors of a church building. And so how are we going to help them engage with the good news of God's kingdom? Well, for us, 
It's helping mobilize the everyday people of God, the people that actually rub shoulders with these folks um, to participate in God's mission and the mission of alerting people to the reign and rule of God. So all in all, we would say at Forge, we want to partner with a local church to help the church, help those they lead, um, participate in God's mission um, and see his kingdom revealed in the everyday spaces of life. We simply say we partner with the church to mobilize the people of God to participate in the mission of God. And so that's a bit above what we have been doing over the last 10 years here in the States. Hey, Ryan. Um, so what you're just talking about, the, this uh, desire to alert people to the reign of God, the kingdom of God, um, it was obviously something that kind of pulled you in and drew you in that story. Um, and so how did you personally get involved in Forge? And what did that journey kind of look like into a leadership position for you? Yeah, for us, this journey really started about 11 years ago. We were on staff at a local church. I'd been in youth ministry for 10 plus years. Um, my wife had been in worship and arts ministry for um, that long as well. And slowly over time, this growing realization came about that we had been living in the neighborhood that we had been living in for two plus years. And we did not know a single one of our neighbors. And crazy enough, we lived in a very interesting neighborhood where um, I would say at that time, many of the people on our street did not attend um, a, a local church. Um, I know it sounds like North Dallas, the Bible Belt, but the community that we were in was a very fast growing community, a lot of industry and a lot of people moving from around the country. And we slowly began to realize like, wow, somewhere along the way, did we miss something? And then to add to that, we began to realize that, you know what, beyond just our neighbors, I'm not sure we even have any friends that are not yet Christ followers. And so it really began to, um, it really began to, to press upon us that we might need to simply rethink some things that maybe somewhere along the way um, we missed the person of Jesus because we weren't around the same type of people that, that he was around. And we weren't becoming friends with the same type of people that he was becoming friends with. And so it really made us kind of do an inward look and say, man, what's going on in my own life? And over the course of the next year or two, um, we begin to really discover that, yes, we had indeed missed the Jesus of the Gospels. And we began to ask, what does it look like for us to, to engage the people that are right around us, the people that we live next to, the people across the street? Um, and how do we do that? I'll never forget um, actually going across the street um, and meeting one of my neighbors, and he was out mowing his lawn at this time. And so I kind of slowly kind of crept across the street. Um, <laughs> like a stalker, was, is that what you're saying? I was a stalker. I was a little bit intimidated. Like he was like 6'2", like 250 pounds. Like he was a, he was a big boy. <laughs> Approach and, slowly, uh, yeah. I know, that's exactly right. And I know he was kind of in his zone with his earphones on, mowing the lawn. And so, um, so I kind of slowly walked up and he took his earphones out and he looked across the sidewalk from me. It's like, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, this isn't really quite going the way that I'd planned. I had maybe imagined uh, 
hey, how's it going? Or, hey, good to see you, neighbor. Wasn't quite that. Um, and I just said, I know this sounds really strange and this is a really weird time, but I just got to tell you that my wife and I have been realizing that we have lived in this neighborhood and we don't know any of our neighbors. And so I just came across the street to tell you, I'm sorry that we've lived here and we, we don't know anything about you. And we'd really love to get to go our neighborhood. And, and I feel like we've missed out on the value that this neighborhood has to, to contribute to our lives. And I feel like we've, um, we haven't contributed any value to this neighborhood. And, uh, it was really interesting because at that point he was like, he was just listening dead quiet. He's like, what? And I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, no, no. You feel like you've missed out on the value that this neighborhood has to offer you. And I said, yeah, ab absolutely. And he's like, well, aren't you one of those church po folks? Um, you think that we can bring value to you? And I said, you know, I said, again, this is a strange place and a strange way to say this. But I think somewhere along the way, over the last few months and the last year, I've been slowly beginning to realize that I do think you could bring me value. And honestly, to tell you the truth, um, for the longest time, I only thought that people could bring me value were people that believed the same thing I believed and believed it longer. And I'm just beginning to realize that's not the way of Jesus. And he said, okay. Put his earphones back in, started bowing, and I was like, that was really weird. I walked back across the street. Um, but crazy enough, that evening, I don't know how he found my number, how he got to know who I or I'm not sure how he found my number, but he texted me and just simply said, hey, it was great talking to you this afternoon. We should grab a lunch. And that began a really incredible friendship with me and my neighbor in our neighborhood. And over the next year, I just began to discover what it actually looked like to join Jesus in our neighborhood and all at the same time begin to stumble upon this is the very thing that Forge was about. I had found a tribe, I had found a group of people that were asking how do we join Jesus in his mission in the places we inhabit. And um, we saw God do some really neat and incredible things in our neighborhood, but that was really kind of the start. It was this discovery that we had missed Jesus. It was our pursuit to try to join him in his mission, but also asking, is there anybody else out there doing this? And that's when we stumbled upon um, a few books and Alan Hirsch and Ford starting in the U.S. And we said, we've got to get involved. And so that was kind of the start of our journey into Forge. You know, it's, it's funny, uh, Ryan, that you say that because, um, you know, I've, I've been a part of Forge for many years now and it's still the number one reason uh, that people give why they're a part of this. The reason they join in this tribe is exactly what you just said. It's this idea that it's, it's a group of people uh, early on. what we do always hear is it's a group of people that helps me realize I'm not crazy. That these things that I have inside of me, these, these longings and these, these, these desires that are prompted by the Holy spirit, that there is a group of people out there who's attempting uh, to live this out in a very different way. And, uh, I just, I've received a text message uh, today from um, a church leader in Minnesota and he's just like, man, I'm up here. There's, there's no one up here that's trying to figure this out and I feel alone and I, I don't even know if we're, if this is, if this is like a legit thing. And so it's funny, I was able to put him in contact with someone in, in, in Florida, down in the, the, the south part of Florida. And then just an hour ago, just 
text message after text message. He's just so excited. It's like, oh, I can't believe that they're, 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 they're doing the exact same thing that we want to do. They're a little ahead, uh, ahead of us in the progress. And so I love that's what this tribe does. It brings people together who are completely different, different parts of the, of, of the country, but, uh, but really all have this same desire that we're not crazy. Uh, so I like, just love that story of how God kind of was your initial uh, entry in, into this whole thing and how it's really kind of expanded out from there. Yeah, I, I love that, Terry, because oftentimes people are like, oh, you're an organization. What kind of goods and services do you offer? And I would clearly like to say to them, like, I mean, yes, we have some things that we can offer and we can help and we can resource. But more than that, like we're family, we're, we're a tribe, we're a group of people that are really trying to give this ago we're not the smartest people on the block we're not a bunch of thought leaders we haven't written tons of books like we're just simply trying to join jesus in his mission help others do the same um because yeah and i feel like in some ways that is a little bit of a distinguishing um kind of distinguishing piece to who we are as an organization Hey, Ryan, so you you connected with Forge um, as a tribe, and we may have people that are listening right now that are uh, is piquing their interest and they're saying, man, I want to be part of a family or a tribe or a group of people that are trying to live uh, into the mission of God. And so what, what are some practical ways that people could connect to us um, and get more information or find out uh, more about Forge? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, I'd say there's two or three ways that people can easily and quickly get involved. Um, you know, and of course, it's always based on people's interest and in time and space and capacity um, and desires. There are people out there that just simply want to be mobilized, that are asking the question, um, how can I be trained and equipped? Or is there a way that I, I can just simply belong to a group of others? that are doing this. And one of the greatest ways that we have to do that is through what we call an online residency. So this takes people from all around the country um, that are looking for a place to get trained and equipped. Um, and it allows them to walk um, a six month journey to in fact be um, empowered, equipped, mobilized um, in the spaces that they already inhabit. Terry is our online director. Terry, would you say anything else about the online hub or yeah, maybe just speak to it for a second? Yeah. So basically it's a six month program for uh, individuals who are looking to take next steps into the mission of God. Uh, people who have a desire to uh, think differently, uh, to operate differently as disciples of Jesus. Um, one of the, the, the key broad strokes of, of our residency is wrestling with key paradigm shifts, um, moving from a, uh, old mindset of kind of church attraction where like, if we can just get people to a building that they'll, maybe they'll, they'll come to know Jesus, but what does it really look like to be the missionary, not to make people be the missionary and do all the hard work of coming to us, but how do we equip ourselves and equip others to be mobilized, to get out there, to be, to live as sent ones of Jesus, uh, so we wrestle with those paradigm shifts and, and, and it's difficult work to, to really think through some of that stuff and to kind of get rid of that old way of thinking and, and embrace a new way of thinking. Uh, but we don't just leave them there. We give them some practices. And so we, we work on developing uh, a practice to, to be missionaries, to, to live out these things in, in what we would call a context or a mission field uh, to answer the question like that, Ryan, you asked earlier uh, to, to answer the question, to whom have I been sent? 
So I would also then say another way that individuals can connect or another way that people can connect is really what we call partnership around the country. We realize that there are churches and church leaders that are really desperate to see the people that they lead engage with Jesus in the places they inhabit, places they work, places they live, places they play. Um, And so for us, we don't want to come in and consult a church. Rather, we would like to partner with a church. We would like to walk alongside and journey with a church for the long haul because we realize going from maintenance to mobilization and movement is not just something that's done in um, three months or six months or an eight-month program or a year-long training, but it's something that's done year in and year out because it's not always easy. It's swimming upstream. It's choosing to do things a little bit differently than what we've been doing things over the last 1,500 years. And so um, we want to journey with folks. And so we call this partnership. It's a chance for us, Forge America, and um, kind of what we call Forge Hubs around the country. And they're just regionalized expressions of Forge across the country that we can then serve and partner with and resource and connect the local church in those regions to help them mobilize those they lead. And so we call that partnership. So if you're a church leader out there, if you're a pastor, you're leading others and you're asking that question, how do I go from maintenance to movement? How do I go from just doing what we're always doing to actually seeing the people of God participate in the mission of God? We would love to partner with you um, in that. And if you're in a space Um, or a location or a region where there is no forge. Once again, we do that online through what Terry leads and what we call our online hub. And then I would just simply say the other way that you can connect with forge is if you are in a region or if you're part of a denomination or if you're part of a network and you're saying, Hey, how do I help churches and leaders and resource them um, in this, in the place that I live or in the network that I'm a part of, we would say, man, we want to invite you into our team because that's what we are all about. We're all about serving the local church and partnering with the local church to help the church mobilize those they lead. And if if you'd like to do that, we would like to say step in. And then if you just simply want to be around the information and be around um, kind of the ideas and understanding and be kept up to date on what we're doing, website, social media, all that kind of stuff, you can find us. Uh, we usually show up at you know different places to host trainings. One of the big ones that we're doing is Exponential. We'll be there um, as well. So um, so yeah, those are just a few quick ways to connect. And when when you mean when you say Exponential, you mean Exponential East, right? The the big mega yeah. conference in Orlando that's coming up. When is it? What are the dates on that thing? Great question. March the second through the fifth. Yeah, so we'll have a booth there. We'll be doing a pre-conference there. Uh, we'll have some of our our authors or people there and Ryan will be there and you can come and, and talk we'll to Ryan there. about the difference between North Dallas and New York city. And which there we one go. Is better. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and then an easy way to easy way to uh, get information would be on our website, uh, forgeamerica.com jump on there. There's a get connected uh, page and uh, you can leave some comments and find out more. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, but Ryan, if you could leave us with one word, maybe your vision for what you want Forge to be or just, just something that you're saying, hey, this is, this is one thing I want people to walk away with. What would, you, what would you leave us with, man? 
Yeah, I would say that as we look to the future, one of the things that as our team has talked about and as we come together and, and to dream about and to pray about and to, to think about is that we desperately want to see the people of God mobilized. Um, and from within the context of the church, we want to see new churches being birthed that are led by everyday folks. I think that comes when local churches are willing to mobilize those they lead, knowing that as they do so, new expressions of church are going to be pioneered and birthed that are led by everyday folks. And I think when we get to that kind of that space and that place, I think we'll begin to really touch on movement in this country again, when we see the church expanding, not necessarily by religious professionals, but by the everyday people of God who are choosing to participate with him in his mission and the places they inhabit. And as they rub shoulders with those who are not yet Christ followers, and as those people be able, are able to taste and touch and smell what the kingdom of God is like and step into a life of following Jesus, um, I believe that we will see new churches birth all across the countries, across neighborhoods, across networks, um, across third spaces, across workspaces, um, that we will see the reign and rule of God revealed. And so that would that would be our hope. That's what we want to continue to give our lives to over the next several years. Well, Ryan, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your thoughts and your, your words here. You just keep doing your thing, man. Just keep, I will. Keep in the Mexican restaurant around the corner and yeah, you just keep doing your thing. Right. Uh, but really appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, you guys. Hey, well, great uh, conversation with Ryan Harrison, and uh, we'd love to talk to you more at Forge America. Terry, how can people stay connected with us and, and maybe make a first connection? Yeah, the easiest way is through our website, uh, forgeamerica.com. Uh, so check that out. And um, there's a lot of a lot of great information. There's some resources on there you can check out. Um, but you can even connect and, and we'd love to set up a time uh, to chat. We do an informational once a month. So you can just hop on an informational call um, and get some questions answered. Here's some more information about how Forge got started, what we're doing, what we're up to. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great easy way to get started. Yeah, and, and uh, anyone out there that's kind of feeling like, man, I'm, I'm walking alone, kind of what we were talking about, and want to be part of a tribe, we would love to have that discussion with you. Next week, we're going to talk to Brian Sanders, which is a fascinating interview. Brian's a fascinating guy, and he was one of the co-founders for Tampa Underground, uh, and it now is over in Dublin, Ireland, uh, starting a movement there. So a great conversation, so be sure and be part of that next week but until then uh, we wish you the best at forge and look forward to connecting with you in the future right guys that's right see you Sounds guys great. all right okay see you later bye see you guys